I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. 
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey, idiots. Welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance, mostly by asking ignorant questions with me, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I'm a comedian and I'm a fucking idiot. And that is why we're here. Because who starts a podcast besides idiots? I don't know, but we're getting answers to all our stupid questions. So thank you for taking part on this journey with me. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. I'm getting ahead of myself. Leave a rating, leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, it helps. It makes me feel nice. And it helps the podcast trend. There's fucking weird shit that goes on with algorithms. You know, I say this all the time. So just go, 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 go. And thank you to everyone who's already done it. And also, shout out to my best idiots forever, Gene and Kathy, over on Patreon. Those are top tier patrons. We've got patrons at all levels. And you can join Patreon and never have to listen to me give this spiel again because I post all the episodes with no intro or outro and no ads. Sorry, I really tried to pause that and then I like the, like I double tapped on the pause and then I burped and here we are and I'm not taking it out. So you're welcome. Anyways, I've got stand up clips over there. You get the full length episodes, anything over an hour. Patreon only. I'm sending cards. I'm in the middle of moving, and once I'm in my new place, we're starting back on our crappy hours. We hang out. Fucking come. And also, if you're like, oh, I kind of want to, but is it weird to join alone? No. Literally everyone who has joined, joined alone. And it's a cool little fun, uh, badass crew. So, patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed. If you like the podcast, you like what I do, and you want to help a little bit more, you want to support. Artists need your support. Don't just support me. Support other artists that you love. And you can support me substantially for as little as a dollar a month it really makes a difference so i mean you're going it fucking doesn't make it's a dollar but like if everyone listening gave a dollar i could quit every side job i've ever taken and i'm still taking side jobs partly because the road was closed down and i'm also a workaholic and want money uh but i could i could just have so much creative freedom if every person who listened to this was a patron i would never have to do any jobs I didn't want to do. I could just make this my full-time job. Oh, think of the possibilities. Someday. It doesn't matter. All right. Anyway, thank you to everyone who's already joined. Oh, I'm supposed to shout out a couple people, but I'm going to get you guys in the next episode because I am a busy fucking bee and I didn't put your names on my little outro notes, intro outro notes. So I apologize to the patrons who have joined, I know you're there. I love you. And I didn't write your names down. And no turning back is a fucking... Moving is a goddamn nightmare. And there's so much going on right now. I don't know if you guys have heard. Okay, first of all, really quick plugs for you guys to get discounts on things. Neurogum. Getneuro.com slash JMS. It's caffeinated gum. I say it every week. L-theanine. B vitamins. They don't pay me to say this every week. But you can get 15% off if you go to getneuro.com slash JMS. I do get a tiny penny of your purchase, but you get 15% off, so you don't even notice. And uh, I actually just really like the gum, and I see that you guys keep buying it, so thank you. That uh, that adds up. It 
truly that is like enough people are purchasing it that it's making a difference and holy shit thank you and also back by popular demand filthy 20 at squattypotty.com so go get yourself a squatty potty or squatty potty accessories for 20 percent off using the code filthy 20 but speaking of things that are going on if you didn't hear or see all over my social media i released a fucking i released a country song like not a joke song an honest to goodness real outlaw style music that i love country song on friday that's new music release day that's when legitimate music artists drop their new music and my song was trending on the itunes charts for the country music charts all weekend long and um getting a lot of buzz from it and things are happening so there's gonna be a music video i'm gonna do more songs and who knows what's gonna come from it but i'm feeling really excited about that i'm really proud of the song and if you know me at all i'm sure you've heard me mention um it's something i've always wanted to do and i did it and it's well received and just couldn't be more thrilled. So I do have notes, uh, not notes, links to that in the show notes. Would love for you to check it out. Put it on your pot- Spotify playlist. All that stuff, first of all, it makes you have the song. But all the little things you do, and I'm not just saying this for me, when you save a song, when you actually purchase the download of a song on iTunes, when you add songs to your playlist, again, it's like when I ask you for reviews for the podcast, it gets those people you love in the algorithm and you're helping you're being on the forefront of helping them break through whatever the fucking barriers are to become more known, to be successful, and to go full-time artist, which means they can put all their focus into the art that you're already enjoying. So that's just something to keep in mind whenever you're consuming. All those little things. Saving Instagram posts for some reason is a thing. So just even if you don't have a ton of money to like drop on someone's work, keep little stuff like that in mind because... Obviously, I'm saying it for myself, but it makes a difference with with all the artists we love. And I try to make a concerted effort uh, with the people I love, too, to to help them out. Even every little bit, I'm telling you, adds up. And like it or not, the people who are, you know, quote, decision makers, as much as it's really like power starting to expand to the artists with with the Internet more and more and social media, those numbers make a difference to those people. And that helps the people you love, you know, get more. For, for what they do. And why wouldn't you want that for someone, you know? Anyway, stand-up is back, baby. Sort of. It's not the same exactly, but I am doing a stadium show this Friday. By the time you're listening to this, if you listen to it when it drops tomorrow, I am at the Rose Bowl, which, what a way to end a year of feeling so out of touch with, you know, like that, all the dreams that I'd worked for were like out of reach now. Uh, I'm really excited about it. There's a few tickets left if you're listening and you're in Los Angeles. They're a little bit expensive, but it's drive-in. So, you know, get your uh, whole quarantine pod in your car and split the cost. It's going to be a kick-ass show. And there's just more and more happening. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just so excited. I'll be at Laughs Unlimited in Sacramento April 23rd and 24th. So I'm, I'm doing everything. Yeah, I'm doing everything. I said two shows. Clubs aren't fully open here yet, but I'm doing a lot more outdoor shows locally in LA, and I'm finally uh, gonna sit down and start filling up the calendar for, for the clubs that are out there that are booking that uh, that you know you guys are near, so I can come see ya perform. Yeah. I don't know what I'm saying. Listen, I've gone on far too long, which seems to be a growing trend with my intros here. But you know what? 
you can skip all this. Patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed. No intros, no outros, no ads. What? Crazy. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. You guys, my guest this week, it's a returning guest. Ooh, that means you know it's good. It's Joe Welker, who you may remember me talking to about universal, universalitarianism. I'm saying it wrong. 100%. Absolutely wrong. Anyway, he, last time we talked, was about to leave to go to Harvard School of Divinity, and he is a student there, and he has since circled back to his Presbyterian roots. So we talk about that. We talk about Easter. We talk about, I mean, religion in general. We talk about psychedelics and how those are maybe being introduced into the traditional religious world, and that maybe he's part of that. This is a great conversation. If you remember or were listening when I did the previous conversation with him you already know Joe is a delight and he's so easy to talk to and he has just such a cool perspective and an open mind and a great heart and so I know you guys are gonna love this go uh, follow him everywhere for some interesting insight to get more of of what you hear here ba- here here basically like just good good like uh, life nuggets you know anyway I'm gonna go I'm not gonna go I mean, you're about to hear me again, but I'm going to like physically right now. I'm going to stop. Listen. Okay. Enjoy. Joe Welker. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey, idiots. Welcome back. Uh, you guys, I have a return guest here. I've got my friend Joe Welker joining us. So much has changed. Hi, Joe. Hey. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing excellent. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, I, you know, living my best uh, 2020 2.0 life is what <laughs> I think this year is so far. But Yeah. Hey. Yeah, I mean, I should say excellent is always graded on a pandemic curve, which is to say I'm doing okay. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I am doing amazing for a pandemic. Right. But, like, you know, it's like, (laughs) as far as everything I possibly can control, which is so little, it's okay. Right, yeah. No, Um, I'm I'm with you. Yeah. Well, God. Sorry. Um, (laughs) That's so stupid. Um, I'm going to do dad jokes about God all day. Uh, No, it's perfect. We're all his dad joke, right, guys? No. It's true. I mean, God, I'm trying to remember when I had you on last and we talked about. I remember. You know I'm going to mess up how to say this religion. I keep calling it universalitarianism, and I know that's not right. Well, it's close. It's uh, Unitarian Universalism. That was the last time. Uh, and I, it was actually in um, in Ernest Debs Regional Park in Highland Park. <gasps> that's right. That we recorded oh, it from. I need yeah. to go on that hike again. Sam, you and I should go over there. It's it's a little, it's a it's an easy hike, and I'm talking to my producer, Sam, that doesn't exist according to the patrons i think he's just someone in my head because i never see him <laughs> um and there's a cute little kind of like pond lake at the top anyway yeah it's it's awesome i miss that, that me hike. too yeah. it's such a great yeah. i know that just getting up there it's like a very serene little hideaway yeah 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 wow um, that was but yeah that was that was probably actually right before i mean it must have been like may 2019 or something because that was right before i i came out this direction 
Like that was pretty close to one of my last weeks in LA, I think. Yeah, you were getting ready to go. I was like, holy shit, you're going to go like become, uh, you're going to like Harvard Divinity School? You're going to become the Harvard of ministers? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, people don't even know that we have a Divinity School at Harvard so or what Divinity is exactly Um, it literally sounds like hogwarts it Um, does you know i only i think i knew about it because i had taken on there's a website called edx.org i don't know if you're familiar with it where you can take free online courses but they're curated through universities and i had done something through harvard divinity school there was a religious scriptures studies not scriptures i don't remember what it was called but it was like a series where they had four four or five different classes or different like courses mm-hmm. on the major religions who so just sort of learned it was all about it kind of actually i think fueled there's a word that i learned in that class that i say in all of my outros which is um situatedness or situated position oh, yeah but like that definitely sounds like a, like a that's so funny i didn't word. until yeah. this moment i was like wait i think that's where i first heard this but it's just you know it's showing you other people's perspective and i was very like interested in like just learning i'm a dork Um, yeah yeah so uh, yeah but like i never thought i would have a friend going i was like what that's fucking rad so a lot has changed since you a whole lot has changed yeah yeah i mean (laughs) for all of us i think but also you are no longer under that umbrella like well you're you you just you started presbyterian as like a child right right. like my dad is a presbyterian minister so i grew up extremely presbyterian um and i had uh i had spent a long time actually when i was in los angeles i was mostly spiritual but not religious but mostly buddhist which is i think the default religion of los angeles yeah anyway. i'm there now so i get it where it's like i don't want to say i'm buddhist cuz i like i'm a white woman and i don't want you to think that i'm being like <laughs> um let me tell you about my chance but right I don't- you don't want to like express commitment to any you know no. much less to a religion yeah no god <laughs> i know because it's that's what a commitment <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no i i'd been that for a while and then um i don't know if we talked about this i probably did on our last time we talked but i had had a series of um experiences with ayahuasca that actually really kind of lit my soul on fire and wow. um took a because i even when i was like not presbyterian and not christian i had this like intellectual appreciation for like okay there's something to all religions kind of thing but it's very much in my head and then these experiences with uh, plant medicine just really made it feel like soulful and alive and emotive and so and at that point unitarian universalism really made sense to me as a logical place because they're a, a denomination that is kind of you could say post-christian in a sense where they evolved out of a really a really liberal christianity like form of christianity but now they don't even really they're not exclusively christian or exclusively (laughs) theist or you know it's a the huge mix of everybody kind of doing their own thing they're just like we believe and like in what and like we just believe man you know if you you get it you get it some people would even say i don't even believe they were identified as you use like they're just like it's a place to try to hold everybody who's like a spiritual misfit 
in a religious container together to try to like have a community and things like that. Um, so it made sense as like, okay, that feels definitely. Yeah. That you're like, well, I don't, I don't have, yeah. I don't feel like I checked the boxes of these other ones, but I feel something and I want to like community is such a big important, like an important part of spirituality. And I think it's easy to take that for granted. If you don't feel like you align with, if you're, you know, one of those yeah, classic, yeah. like I'm, I'm spiritual, but it's like, well, how, how are you really maintaining your spiritual practice without a community? You, it's a big part of spirituality. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is the real challenge of, um, you know, people who are on the spiritual, but not religious path, which I imagine is a lot of people probably listening to this. Cause there's frankly a lot of us. Yeah. <laughs> we're out here. Yeah. And it, I think that is the challenge is, um, it tends to be a more solo path, which can be um, difficult without that kind of community to, I mean, sometimes it can be even just hard to like communicate and talk about the same things. Cause everything is so individualized. Um, yes. Like that, which and- helps. It does help with like feeling more authentic, which I always loved about being in that space. Like I can be, I can say I'm fully myself. I'm like, you know, absolutely. But it's yeah. like, also one of those things where, you know, when you're really having these spiritual, I don't know if it's awakenings, but just sort of realizations or those moments where you really feel some type of connection to what, whatever the the spiritual thing is, God, whatever you want to call it, that you're like, I want to, I want to talk to somebody about this. Like <laughs> you can't just like yeah. call your friend and be like, okay, so let's talk about love as like a universal concept. And they're like, are you having a manic episode? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. But, but Sorry, I actually, I, I will say that's one reason I really loved and continue to love sort of um, the ayahuasca spaces I'm in and those communities, because it does have a lot of people who are spiritual, but not religious. And in the context of these like weekend retreats, let's say um, you'll often be, you know, sharing both beforehand and like what you're coming in with. And then after these experiences, you're trying to process them together. You get to some really vulnerable places with people that maybe you barely know in some cases. Wow. Um, and so it, you actually, oddly enough, you it feels like you're able to navigate some of that difficulty, I think, but it requires, it requires p- being in a headspace that is abnormal um, <laughs> to society. I don't even mean with like being on the sacrament, but just, I just mean like being in a place of like, it's, it's weird. It's, I was watching this Esalen documentary the other day, you know, oh, Esalen, wow. the, the community up in the Bay area. Do you know oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, I, they were showing, someone like recommended that to me one time and I was like, what? I looked it up on the, the internet and I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Is this it's nude like, ba- bathing or something? Yeah, there's like nude massages or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there's like, like a, a rock. <laughs> there's like a a hot tub rock thing. I don't. I could be wrong. Yeah, it, basically, Esalen started in the around the '60s and became like a sort of place where they had a lot of talks and workshops of like alternative spirituality. It kind of became like a hub of a lot of that. Yeah, a lot of that stuff. That's of stuff that was spiritual new agey but didn't fit quite in an institution but was still treated with some rigor like people act seriously trying like, to like kind of like co- coursework or like right. when you really want to learn about this it might have been you who told me about this because i definitely looked Possibly. it up and yeah. it was like the everything i could find was either full or like out of my budget or something because yeah were like courses you could 
or taken. Right, yeah, yeah. And you can still do some of those courses, I think. But um, but yeah, anyway, I was watching this documentary from the 60s and 70s, and they were, like, doing these encounter groups, is what they're called, which was, like, vaguely Scientologist, but... Yeah. Like, a little... <laughs> but it was, like, just people being really honest with each other and, like, be, like being, like, that one... And anyway, my whole point with that tangent was just that's a rare space to be in that level of vulnerability, especially about our, our individual spiritual awakenings or um, yeah. connections yeah absolutely well, how, okay when did you start you like going on ayahuasca journeys is that is that the way to say it when that, did that's that one start? way you can say it yeah uh, <laughs> when did that, you find ayahuasca that was november 2017 for me um wow. and i had been on this is while is kind of as a side piece of my not that kind of side piece but a side project <laughs> my spiritual of, side piece <laughs> <laughs> not that yeah yeah exactly but that you know of uh i was in 2017 i had, had been doing my old podcast choose your own religion for a couple of years and i had every guest i had on which is a bunch of comedians talking about spirituality and stuff and we had all kind of been like reached at that same conclusion of like i miss having a community but i don't fit in any of them yes so I, I yeah I had yeah. that feeling. <laughs> yeah. In 2017, I visited a different either church or spiritual thing. And a lot of it was new agey. A lot of it. And a lot of it was like intentionally picking churches. I knew I would like not like like fundamentalist churches just to like see if I could appreciate something about the way, you know, basically like a hill song or like a, you know, some of these like evangelical church. And I, you know, they fucking they kill it with the music sometimes. No, that's you know? I mean, that's how they. That's how they get you, man, is that yeah. they, you go in there, a couple good songs, all of a sudden the energy is so big from the music that you're like, I think I feel God. And they're like, <laughs> that's the bass guitar possibly is what you're feeling. But maybe he's here. Yeah, like, yeah. But I, as part of that, I got invited to um, an ayahuasca ceremony and I hadn't really had any, well, I'd had some, a few psychedelic experiences when I was in my early 20s, but I hadn't for like five years up to that point. Um, wow. And you were like, well, this is, you know, a spiritual group just as legitimate as a, a church gathering. So I want to just see what they're about. That was yeah, the, how I you knew, got into it. Yeah. I, knew, I Basically, I was like, I knew something was going on there and I knew I wanted to be adventurous. So I and I was kind of feeling vaguely called back to psychedelics, but I wasn't I was like and I was nervous as fuck. Um, <laughs> and I but yeah, I went I really just had a few experiences in that first weekend that really kind of changed the way I was um, thinking about my relationship with my parents and my relationship with my spirituality. Um, and over the course of time, I began integrating those lessons and actually like trying to implement some of the things I, I felt had come to me or that had, I had sometimes people call them downloads. <laughs> that makes so much sense. No, I have said that from, I've only ever done shrooms, but it's like, mm -hmm. I don't think that, I don't know that we have created a word to sum it up better than that, where you just have like a, all of a sudden an understanding about something that like, even if it, there's, there's moments where I don't know if you've had this, I don't, I assume this is a common experience with psychedelics when you're having one of those moments where some, some cliche phrase that people have told you a hundred times, you know, you know, mm -hmm. uh, this too shall pass. That's a bad example, but like, R Sure. You know, something about yeah. love, all this that you're like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I've heard the like catchphrase. All of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. I get it now. Like it's a, like well, you're like, oh, I get yeah. it. A hundred percent. And you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because fast forward to 
it was probably only a couple of weeks after our last conversation wow. um, when we were on that that mountain or on a mountain. <laughs> we were on part. top of a mountain talking Literally about God. Top, still the coolest place I've ever. That was my. Podcast. I peaked yeah. spiritually there. I, it's, you've ca- you kept going, and I was like, I'm just gonna stay here at Ernest Tebbs. This is <laughs> it's been a long two years. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it was probably a couple weeks after that that I I went to a ceremony and. I had an experience where that made me identify as a Christian again. Re- really, it was like realizing I had I had an experience that most, if I could sum it up, uh, like you can't describe it. I'm sure. Yeah, saying, exactly. But like <laughs> it was realizing the feeling I was feeling loved by the universe unconditionally. I'm like, oh, this is like child of God. This is what it means to expe- to fully internalize that I'm a child of God. Like, and that I'm loved by God just for who I am. And there's nothing I could do to lose that love or earn it. It's just there. It's just there. Um, and, um, and also, and that was, I'd already been bringing, like singing more Christian hymns to try to reclaim them over like the, over the years and hearing those songs in ceremony. Also, yeah, when you're that this is one thing I think psychedelics and plant medicine can really help with is seeing what's already there that we've been taken for granted yeah um, with new eyes and it's sounding and feeling new and present and real um so anyway that was that and i was like yep i i'm a christian you're like (laughs) i guess i can't deny it you did ayahuasca and jesus appeared and he's like what's up bro remember me and you're like "Ah, (laughs) you know run away from your feelings (laughs) yeah i have not i have not actually experienced uh jesus coming to me (laughs) on those things but i i I know friends who have who have like said that they've they've had that um and and here's the here's the thing with part of my philosophy i guess with some of these experiences a certain amount of agnosticism but kind of still like an enthusiasm but like an agnosticism of like i don't know what quote-unquote actually happened i don't want to claim or like if you know if jesus did visit me i in the in experience i don't want to say oh that was like you're you're delusional if you think jesus didn't visit me because i know he did you know yeah. i don't want to say that <laughs> <laughs> but i also don't want to be like that was totally nothing that, that was, yeah that wasn't that was just drugs making me crazy you want to be like there was right. a, i had a moment because really the feeling and the experience was was deeply meaningful regardless and so like a certain amount of agnosticism i think is useful and also helps me from getting too um when i'm trying to integrate those experiences i think agnosticism is helpful by being like well i don't you know i don't want to it's like there's a there's an old saying which is like you know don't quit your job immediately after a ceremony don't get a new tattoo immediately after which i I broke the tattoo thing but (laughs) (laughs) um that's you know because because there there can be a process of meaning making that we need to do over time after a psychedelic experience that we often need to like sort out like okay let's I, I understand that was a really powerful thing, but I've got to unpack a little bit like over time, what's yeah. actually grounded in the real world and what's, but while being grounded also hopefully helping us grow and expand outward too. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. So do you, is it mostly just ayahuasca when you talk about your personal psychedelics, when you take a, you know, when you do psychedelics, are you mostly just ayahuasca? Do you venture into shrooms or? I, don't know, I, I have sat with uh, psilocybin uh, yeah, mushrooms before, um, and you know I, I've had experiences with some other things here and there. But I, I really do at this 
stage of my my life and i this is not a besmirching or judging anybody who takes it in all these other contexts um because i've i've had lots of good experiences um i've had mixed experiences and i, sh- I should say non-ceremonial the, the the more typical like having them at concerts kind of thing i've done okay that, um, oh, that sounds but, like a nightmare to me yeah um well <laughs> sometimes it, sometimes it is you know and that's why i don't really do that anymore but i'm I, like i, I really... need nature and to get away from people yeah, if I'm gonna. Yeah, well, oh, but all I've are... done is room, so I don't know. But I the the ceremonial context is really what I'm drawn to because um, there's a lot more intentionality that goes into cultivating the space, and part of what makes me a Christian again is really the belief that it's not that I think Christianity is like an exclusive path to God that you know anybody who's not a Christian is going to hell. I don't, you know, that's not what I'm talking about, but like. <laughs> Just the idea of like, I, I am bad at consciously choosing what I unconsciously need. And if I try to come up with my own symbol system, it's actually, ch- I, I can't, I know I can't really trick myself into believe, like believing something I just came up with. That you just, yeah. Like into really <laughs> believing into it, you know, like I have to really surrender myself to something that's a little bit. A little bit already outside, exists. Yeah. Already exists outside myself. That was, and frankly connects me with a whole you know, community across history yeah. of other people who have had some shared meaning and have also, you know, the history of like, there's been a lot of bad church history, but there's also been like, that's helped also us figure out like, okay, that's a bad way to go with, <laughs> with our spirituality. <laughs> no, we should that's not a bad way that. to go. Whoops. We, yeah. Yeah. Um, just Catholics being like, Ugh, sorry about all that crusading. I just, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, and I don't want to minimize like the genuinely horrible yeah, uh, of history in Christianity or with people's like personal experiences, even in more recent um, history or in our own lives. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I think those experiences with uh, in the ceremonial context really helps like put some some sort of spiritual guardrails on the experience but because what what can happen often with psychedelics and i i think a lot of us who are in quote unquote the scene like see this is that sometimes it has an ego inflating effect it doesn't always deflate ego sometimes oh do you it, go like i know things now like you yeah. people become yeah, like yeah. pseudo gurus type of thing uh, absolutely yeah it's like every <laughs> And it, it, that, that's unfortunately more common than we'd like to admit sometimes. Fuck. And so this is what I really, I feel like in the context of my Christianity and in ceremony, those are both ways to help put my ego in check because the ego can be really lit up by feeling like I have this call now. I have this mission. I have, and it's great to have a call. It's great to have a mission. Um, but, but like, it doesn't make you better than people. <laughs> right. And what is it for, right? Yeah, like, what it's is like what are what are you for? serving? What is really the end goal? Like, yeah, is... I, I heard recently from a, a Catholic bishop. Actually, he's a more conservative Catholic bishop, but he, he's saying the operative word, one of the most operative words in Christianity, is for. It's like I Jesus does this. He pours out his his um, he breaks his body for you for the world. We and we do things for. Um, other people we do things for something that's not for ourselves so for is just a really important um, word in that but i love that well i want to talk about because i know i'm not alone in this when i think of like classic christianity obviously my thoughts don't immediately go to 
Ayahuasca, of course. <laughs> like right. I think of, I also grew up, I grew up in like a lazy Catholic household. So like major holidays. And then when my mom was like in a manic episode, trying to pretend that we're like a good family that's put together. But I, I, my, in my younger years, I lived in Southern Mississippi. I, I don't know why I said Southern as if I had moved to Northern, but that didn't <laughs> happen. Um, and every once in a while I would do sleepovers with my like little girlfriends and they were like Southern Baptist and I'd go to their church. And I think of, I would, I think of Christianity. I have this cartoon image of someone, you know, thinking a, a someone using quote drugs is a sinner. You know what I mean? Um, how, how is it navigating that? Like even trying to bring both practices together? Well, it, it, it's definitely a challenge sometimes. Um, I, I, I feel yeah, it, sometimes it's a challenge just talking about it. Um, and I've had a lot of fear of the stigma and um, there still is a lot of, I would say there's a mix of misinformation and some proper concern um, that people have that are Christians. I don't think it's all completely like unfounded concern. Yeah. Um, I think they're, you know, the sixties and the seventies for all the good they did also did a lot of harm as far as like a sort of immature attempt to integrate um, these um, these modalities, as we like to say, um, yeah. <laughs> and but what's fascinating, and it's it continues to be a history I I I'm learning more about and I'm humbled by, is that because I mean, look, is the indigenous history with the sacraments and with Christianity, because if we go back to I think it was 1600s when. The Spanish were first colonizing South America. It's really when the first war on drugs, as in, a, in our modern sense, began. Wow! Um, because Christian colonizers were essentially, uh, well, they were genociding and doing their normal genociding stuff. The but they're classic also classic Christian genociders. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, yeah, they and they Europeans. were doing <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, they they were doing this cultural genocide too, where they did think like, well, there have these what they would come across, as far as I understand, it, when they would come across these. Um, indigenous plant medicine ceremonies, not necessarily with ayahuasca. We don't know exactly what it was, it was, but... what it was. Um, but they would they would banish those um, those practices, and and because they were you know demonic or whatever, because they, they were just like it's were... different. So they're like obviously it's evil. Dude, exactly. Fucking buzzkill. Exactly. Yeah, and so that <laughs> that's really the 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 sort of roots of I think Christianity in particular having this negative attitude in the in the modern context. I think it goes back further, although. Oddly enough, you see a lot of monks in the in, in Europe from way centuries before that who are like, you know, when they're when they express temperance with alcohol, they're like, you should only drink like a bottle of wine a day. Like just to be te- <laughs> like that's their idea of temperance. I'm so just like, you know, keep it together. It's like you are a functioning alcoholic. Right. And that is a, that has long been a double standard is Christianity's relationship with alcohol has often been cozier um than these other sacraments although you know protestants in the united states did take a pretty anti-alcohol stance depending on which which branch you go my parents my parents were teetotalers too right my parents never drank alcohol uh their whole life um or anything else and so at first i i was nervous navigating this conversation with them wow um, but when i they they saw my context of my 20s and being a highly depressed 20s and disconnected from them and disconnected from my faith 
And so in the context of me, and there's actually after that first weekend where I'm just like, I had this experience, I feel lit up by the spirit. And I also really want to restart our relationship as an adult, uh, for me as an adult. I mean, they're just so joyful for what this is. Wow. They can see, they can see there's a there there when I talk about it. Um, I'm hopeful I can communicate that well enough to, you know, the, the, the theoretical Christian listening and like taking notes and like waiting to excommunicate me or something. But I haven't had, <laughs> I haven't really had anybody push back on me hard for that yet. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think what, what I, I continue to be fascinated by, and I've learned a little bit about this through um, some courses I took is that, so what, what happened in both South America and later North America as, cause once again, Christians were doing some of their cultural genocide work up here too, with uh, forced conversions of Native Americans. Is a lot of a lot of indigenous people would have end up out of survival, cultivating a sort of mixed religion with holding on to maybe sometimes secretly practicing their indigenous practices, while also, in some cases, being forced to convert to Christianity. Other times, it being an authentic thing. And so, there's a lot. Of, there's a long history of um, sort of double belonging among indigenous people with Christianity and their indigenous practices that um, I think could be something we we could hopefully learn from and um, wow. engage with. But um, I love that. I uh, I have uh, so many questions. We're, uh, we're going to take a break because there's just, I feel like we could really get into some stuff. So we'll take a break, you guys. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Here's my question. So you started going to... Harvard Divinity School, which is fucking rad. And I imagine uh, a school like that for something, you know, en- encompassing of religions probably brings in like a, di- a diverse group of minds. Have you, were you able to meet some people who kind of were also on this? How can we bring spiritual plant medicine more into classic Christian sects. Yeah. And and not less so in the specifically Christian context, although a a little bit of that, but um, yeah, my first year here, I, you know, I I wasn't sure how down anybody would be, would be to have this conversation. It must've been so Um, awkward. Like, so does any of you (laughs) ever do psychedelics? (laughs) I mean, I basically did like a little barnstorming one-on-one tour of like talking to people being like, can I study this? You know, a faculty member or, or, and, or with other classmates, like, and it was more just me saying, this is my story. This is how I got here. Um, And then usually people, if they had some kind of resonance would, would say, would say that. But um, (laughs) yeah, then what's been fascinating is this past year, um, at, through the because of those conversations, it led to the Center for the Study of World Religions, which is like a little think tank within Harvard Divinity School. Um, they've been doing a, a year long sort of webinar series on psychedelics in the future of religion, and so we've nice. actually gotten into this area a lot more in a public way, um, and, and having some public conversations around stuff like. Um, psychedelic chaplaincy is one thing that we talked about a couple weeks ago um, that I was so thrilled to be able to like help kind of put that panel together I I wasn't on the panel but I helped like contact some of the speakers and and put it together and that's so awesome um, and we have some more you know we've had a lot of other awesome stuff in that area and I think there's going to be more next year although I can't like confirm anything about that 
for sure point, yeah but, yeah um so it, it's it felt like it was just kind of the perfect time and place and that i got really fortunate that i was entering at this time and not even five years ago because i think even five years ago it would have been too soon but you would have been people have been like that's really uh, radical <laughs> like yeah and it is an extremely diverse group of people and i'm sure I have no doubt that privately some people think it's like crazy or bonkers or misguided. They're like, oh, those psychedelic people. Yeah, but the the, the great thing about um, about HDS is that we have there is a there is a sense of like to a certain extent if it's being done in the culture, it's worthy of at least study. Yeah, um, there's nothing we we are not an exclusively Christian denom- or uh, school. Uh, not even I don't think we're even majority Christian. Okay, um, it's it's open to there's lots of atheists who study there lots of spiritual but not religious people among my fellow uh cohort my other like um other people in my group and as well as there's somebody from a lot of i think all the major faiths that you've heard of have been represented at some point um (laughs) or are are currently are currently there Um, that's so so awesome not all of them and, and many of them depending on where they're coming from might have a stronger stance against um psychedelics like some people think buddhism would be more naturally compatible with it but sometimes buddhists have a you know they have sometimes more strict attitudes towards um any kind of consumption like any kind of substances oh yeah i could see that because like when you really dive into buddhism and you start learning about it there is this big a big part of it is like being pure about what you put in your body which i i haven't gone deep enough to get to anyone saying not this plant versus that plant, but I could see how that could stem from, and, you know. And I, I also want to honor that as a, as a viewpoint, even though it's not one I share, obviously, um, because I, I, I also it's actually thanks to my plant medicine experiences that in my after my first ayahuasca ceremony, I haven't drank alcohol since then. It's like it's, it's been almost three and a half years. You just sober, like, so. what did you have an awakening specifically about that, or were you just like, eh, I just don't like alcohol anymore? I mean, it had been festering as a problem for a while. I had done like nine months of sobriety when I was like 25 and that Mm. was good. And then I had always had some off and on problem. I mean, I I have problems with like falling into lots of different things like that. But so that was a very clear and actually easy message of like, yep, this isn't serving you. And I'm like, okay. And I really have not had any desire. um, That's so cool. To touch it since then. But anyway, my point being is that um, with with any of this stuff, first of all, I don't think um, plant medicine or psychedelics are necessary to have a spiritual life to have a rich, or to have a spiritual awakening or anything like that. Like, you know, it's, and it, and if your path is like, I really, I don't need any of that hundred percent, like honor that, you know? Yeah. Um, that's so cause I think there's something, and I think a lot of people I know for, I know of a lot of people shouldn't be, um, practicing with these, with psychedelics or plant medicine. It's not, it's in some cases it, it can be a detriment to people um and yeah. their mental health and their mental stability which will of course impact your spiritual health too um <laughs> sorry the dog <laughs> he's he's agreeing with me yes she's, agreeing she, with me. she's yeah. like yes mental health <laughs> dork <laughs> no i mean yeah no because it has different effects for different people it's so funny hearing you describe it that way of like some people you know they don't want any they don't feel like they need it for their spiritual awakens and they don't need it it's it's making this is gonna sound so insane it's it's decline like decreasing my judgment toward <laughs> these are absolutely not the same thing comedians who <laughs> do cocaine 
to be funnier. Yeah. Like I like I've always been like, oh, it's fucking steroids. Like I don't need that <laughs> shit. Like when I find out someone who's really funny is like using drugs, I'm like, oh, you're fucking cheating. You're cheating. Right. And absolutely, I stand by that. But it's funny to be like, oh no, some people can get there without an enhancement, and this exists. There's a thing that exists that helps, you know, in a different way, push people through the door of like, aha, there's God. He was here the whole time and now I see him. Um, totally mm-hmm. different. And I am not advocating anyone do cocaine. It's disgusting. Also, if you're not funny, don't do comedy. Um, <laughs> that's very I wish different. you told me that uh, 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've you figure. I'm just kidding. No, you're, you're very funny. But that's so funny. It's like you found a different path, which is. God, there's so much. I'm sure I probably asked this on the last one too, but like there's just so much to that because I think coming from a path of like, I mean, being in comedy and hanging around with comedians who are not as a whole, but you run into this sort of caricature of cynical fucking, uh, oh, what do you, like, I think it's, you know, largely people who either just don't talk about their religion or like are no longer religious. So then not only going, Hey, actually, like I, I actually am religious, but going, actually, I'm going to like go do religion. (laughs) That's yeah. Yeah. That in itself, I feel like is climbing a mountain over your ego. Like, all right. I'm, I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's 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 funny you mentioned that because I was I was thinking about this podcast this week. Um, I was thinking a little bit about like, I I I visualize it less as climbing over my ego, but this actually, you know, maybe the segue into Easter, maybe not segue into Easter. Yeah, this has an Easter related um, thing, which is really, as some people would say, it's really dying to your to a false self, and it's dying to what you think you want. And dying to whether you call it your ego or your egoic like wants, it, and like, yeah. and I really had to do. I mean, I had to give up on my dreams, like the dreams that I entered Los Angeles with, and like the stuff when. And, and, and I, but I found this as a pattern, and, and this is one thing with Easter and with the resurrection. It's 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 less useful to me, although it's it's a beautiful, you know. It, I mean, I mean, not say what's. I don't want to put it. I don't want to shit on anybody having a good interpretation of the resurrection story. Uh, <laughs> however, they're going to have a good. However, they get meaning out of it. I'll say for me, I really love visualizing resurrection as something that's can we continuously practice. And you know, when I went came into L.A., I was like, I'm going to do stand up no matter what. This is all I'm going to do, and that's probably a necessary mindset to enter with. Absolutely. To have a tenacity and to like keep doing all these awful open mics. <laughs> yeah, you have to have tena- you have week to have something yeah. tenacity yeah. and a- delusion. Yeah, sometimes. Else. <laughs> what are we all doing? Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's and it it was a combination of like listening to what the universe was telling me over time, which was that that's actually not where my skills and my 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 calling really was. It really wasn't lined up with that, and so when I started dying a little bit to that hardness that of like i'm gonna do i'm gonna be an awesome comedian i'm gonna be a you know this that or the other and then like well what if i try to improv i'm like well okay i'll do that just to be better at comedy but i'll i'll try it that's just gonna buffer me yeah right 
and then it's like okay well maybe what if i actually like did a little bit more of that for real because i actually enjoy it okay maybe it'll make me a nicer person or maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe yeah, i'll have some real friends for, for sure once, you know? <laughs> Im- um, improvisers are i think if they did a study just base level happier than the majority of comedians I, and i think I, part I, of that's community honestly i think no i think that's accurate it speaks to community some time both. um and then but then you know i found storytelling after that and i was like oh this actually and so storytelling i once i remember sh- thinking the moth was the dorkiest thing ever like when i was first doing comedy i'm like who does the fucking moth like it's so lame like oh, you're oh, sad you were hurt yeah exactly look how sincere they are you know <laughs> um, gross but then man i really felt i found a, a certain kind of calling with that i just found the medium really suited me yeah i could get sad i could express a range of emotions that i was bad at feeding through the the medium of stand-up I, you are so i admire you so much because i think you're exceptionally talented at feeding a lot of your emotions uh, all the ones i've <laughs> i've seen you you know how to feed them through the stand-up machine as it were thank you make stuff that really resonates with people and doesn't somehow lose the integrity of the emotion i mean that's that's what's magical wow that means a lot to me because like just hearing you say like talk about having this journey i've had moments of for sure am i doing the right thing for for what i'm trying to get across if that makes sense like the message i'm trying to get out the feeling I'm hoping to give to other people through what I'm doing. I have, I have had on more than one occasion is stand up the right place. And for me, there's it. It's like, I've had the experience of every time I'm like, maybe not. And I feel chaotic and this isn't the right thing. It's like a stepping stone that wasn't there. Like a peers that's like, and here's a stand up thing that like, you're supposed to be doing this. Like, especially this fucking past year i was like mm. do i what do i i maybe i'll become a therapist like like <laughs> spiraling so anyway sorry i didn't i didn't mean to no, no, go like no. oh my god let me talk about me but th- that no, really means a lot great. hearing you say that thank you um because there's no, for sure yeah and i i i totally resonate with that chunk of things that anyone would want to say or share and like I want to express this can it be is there a different medium where the the gift I have for expressing would be more suited or like can I even bring this story into stand up mm-hmm. and, and but also realizing that there are places where it is absolutely 100% the place for that story or that emotion in the way that you convey it which is right well, and especially when we, in my case, I had so much of my my own little identity in my head built up around I want to be a comedian. And like I even remember having this feeling around like before I started hosting my own like just live little show, being like I want to be the comic who's invited to shows. I don't want to be the comic who has to run his own. such an entitled fucking. Ad- I mean, it's it's terrible. so all the things it's our so egos do, do about like yeah. I don't want to, dude. It took me so long to ask for spots. Uh-huh. And then uh-huh. when I started asking, there were some people that were like, you want to do my show? And I was like, I want to do it. There were some, there was, don't That's get me wrong. That's so funny, I right? don't, it's like, I want everyone to know. There were also shows that were like, thank you. No, thank you. Like, <laughs> so like, I'm not like, everyone was so honored. But but I was like, oh my God, did you, realizing that some people didn't ask me because they're like, she, this is not, she won't want to oh, do yeah. this. And it's Isn't like, that so funny? 
Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. always. I want to do all the shows. Yeah. Wow. No, that, that's, the a, that's a we... great. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. No, that's like that's a, that's a great lesson, I think. Um, and so, and part of it's like you know, there's part of it's what I've loved about coming back into Christianity is finding all. There's a lot of people who have been doing a lot of let's say work on this of like re refiguring and reconceiving and re-understanding in some case not even it's not like they're coming up with stuff they're they're going back to the stories they're going back to the traditions and realizing there's a lot more mysticism there's a lot more weird shit there's a lot more like cool weird shit in christ in the history of christianity like even with one of the letters paul wrote talking about christ he christ emptied himself like that's how he describes the process of of Easter. He's like, he came into the world and emptied himself into the world. And so we are to empty ourselves in the way that Christ emptied himself. And I'm like, that's fucking mystical as fuck. And it's in the Bible. I just but picture like, him writing. I'm sorry. This is crass. He's writing it on the toilet. And he's like, we've got to empty ourselves. I'm so sorry, everyone. Paul is a great man. Great letters. No, but that's sorry. I didn't, I didn't need to interrupt no, you for that a poop joke. No, that's so interesting. Like this. Yeah. That there's this bigger spiritual, like giving and, I mean, empty, empty yourself is such an in, like deep, deep thing to say. There's just, there's a lot of, le- I think what's the, the challenge is that it's like to get to some, there, there's so many different levels of meaning to the Bible and to the Easter story in particular that it requires, I think so it often requires like a base understanding of like what the story actually says and like the facts of it and what the tradition set like has historically said, like it actually to, I, th- I think for me, it's really helpful to have that surface level understanding um, to have a sort of base level. I'm like, okay, there are people in the Christian community have understood this as like Jesus dying for our sins. Like there's a debt and like, there's a price to like, that's an under, it, but that's, I think the mistake is like stopping at that kind of level of understanding and not going to different, seeing all the different possible meanings. And also, I think not keeping that as a more external level versus the internal level, such as like when I was rereading um, the Easter story, again, in prep for this podcast, trying to do my Yeah, you guys, this was fucking, all supposed to be about Easter, but fucking yeah. you're out of your mind if you didn't think I was going to talk about psychedelics. Um, but <laughs> but what? One thing that really stands out to me as I've, and I was, this is replies for the the Hebrew Bible or as Christians call it, the Old Testament that I've been reading all year, which is really seeing ourselves in the text and, next, and less, less reading it to see what the Bible says about God, although that can be useful too, but it's like seeing what it says about us and about how we experience God. Like the, the, the Hebrew Bible and the, even the, in the New Testament too, it's like a document of how we're understanding our relationship with the divine if nothing else I mean, you could be a total atheist and have that level of appreciation about it and in particular with the passion story the the easter story you know it's like are, are you familiar with internal family systems therapy at all do you know what that is okay wait somebody already brought this up and i i think i asked the same thing and i was wrong is this the one where you like talk to a chair no and you pretend that that's <laughs> no. your dad okay I've heard no. I could you explain it a little because <laughs> I read the book The Body Keeps a Score and they definitely okay. went in depth on it but they did so many different types of therapy they talk about cuz they talk about how trauma fucks up your brain. Uh, right, right. So I just don't remember. <laughs> no, this this one is more like it's 
it's the movie Inside Out, basically. <gasps> like that was modeled off of internal family systems, oh, which is God. treating perfect, treating yourself, your internal like mindset as having being like a little family and all having lots of different parts to it. So like you have an angry part, you have, I mean, Inside Out flattens it to be just like emotions are like people, but like it's a it's a more complicated than that. Than yeah, the, of course. But point being, it's really fascinating and meaningful to me reading. Um, reading the Bible in this way and reading the Easter story of being like, oh, it's not just reading about Jesus. It's seeing that what's the little Pharisee in me or what's the what's the Peter in me that's denying Jesus, that's acting like I don't want to fall like that, that's being shy or, you know, back, trying to distance myself from my faith or what's the 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 Judas in me that betrays people. And um, this kind of gets into Carl Jung kind of stuff of like wow. seeing our shadow um in the bible and seeing it within ourselves as, as a way to identify it in ourselves and also in the context of jesus again a union sort of thing of not just seeing that shadow and seeing the parts of ourselves that we don't like to look at but understanding that god christ etc like they they love all those parts of ourselves and they're they're integrating those parts even as awful as they feel to us Wow, um, that it's like all of that is included, and like, th- like it, God yeah. or whatever you think is that like it's aware of the ugly quote ugly stuff too, and it's fine. Like it's and it all full belongs. acceptance. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's beautiful. <laughs> um, speaking on Easter, and then having had these you know, spiritual plant medicine journeys. So this whole month, okay, I'm lying about the whole month, but only because we didn't book a certain guest and then we got Chris Hansen. So not the whole month. I don't want people to think that <laughs> To Catch a Predator is part of our spiritual awakening series or whatever. <laughs> so that's, that's, it's not a, called a spiritual awakening series. But we're kind of talking about how it seems like in a lot of these main religions and a lot of sort of spiritual practices, even... Well, I, I may be getting an astrologist on just because why not? But even the astrology year begins at this time. And I don't want to say the year begins for Christianity, but there's a big, a big moment. Is there anything that you're aware of with like plant medicine, spiritual practices that, that they talk about in terms of like springtime, awakening, anything like that? So that certainly plays into it. Now I'm not as, I'm still. There's, I, I've. He's so going to Joshua to in two. We- Joshua Tree in two weeks. We're just. I, I, I've. I have so much to learn uh, perpetually about. I mean, this is an endlessly complex topic. But of course. Ne- l- needless to say that um, a lot of Christianity inherited the dates of its celebration from pagan festivals and pagan sort of patterns of time, etc. Like Christmas, it's, people <laughs> mostly know this, but it's like Christmas didn't actually happen on December twenty fifth. Like that's just, it's not like I only actually... learned that in the last few years, and it was yeah. really upsetting. I was like, "Excuse but, me," <laughs> but you know that that prop that evolved over time, probably as some kind of. I mean, this is a very unscientific theory, but of like, okay, it's just as it's getting into the darkest, like worst time of the year, the coldest time. Like having a little bit of joy, having like putting the bright light into the joy, the dark right. time of year. They're like, yeah, summers are already fine. We get that Jesus was a Leo, <laughs> but let's just mix it up a little. Um, yeah, we, we don't we don't need to like. Yeah, summer's kind of fine as it as it is. Yeah, it's like right. we need a light in December. Can we just bump this, please? <laughs> right, 
but I, I think I think the reason spring is chosen for Easter, um, and I, I could be wrong about some of this, so don't, you know, <laughs> don't no. hold me to and it. And I, I give everyone the qualifier of, like, this person is just sharing their thoughts and experiences. Like I Right. This person's also an idiot, so uh, keep that <laughs> in mind. But um, I mean, spring certainly is associated with things like rebirth and, you know, all that stuff. Spring, you know, life is, is literally – coming back to life after a, a period of, of darkness appearing somewhat dead yeah de- you know? yeah um and being dead and you know in some cases and that's that's also a diff a, a huge thing of obviously easter is that actually life comes from death and actually death is necessary for life um and it's a necessary cycle um of it and so yeah i mean and i, I think what you see now i don't think jesus intentionally he, I guess well, you know, actually, I, now now that I'm talking this out loud, I'm like, okay, right, it happened during Passover weekend, so yeah, there, it definitely has lined up. So actually, there there are some reasons like that would tied into the <laughs> um, the Jewish faith. I'm like, damn it, I knew there would be something like that, but I do think it, it helped that it lined up with pagan spring equinox type of um, type of rituals too. But um, yeah, so anyway, there's uh, Jesus is certainly aware of the the levels of symbolism going on in his own story i was actually uh you know i was listening to the the passover episode you did with the rabbi and um just reminded how you know passover is a story of liberation right it's a it's a celebration of liberation and so that's in part what jesus and his followers are i think intentionally picking this weekend because it it's symbolizing among many other things like this is a moment of of renewing our liberation as he understood it, as they understood themselves to be doing in the, in their own Jewish context. Yeah. Oh, but, wow. I love yeah. that. So there's, there's lots of level, there's lots of different ways you can, you can go with uh, some of the different interpretations and yeah, that's and whatnot. It's but. so interesting because I have been so removed from like organized Christian religion since and when I say Christian, I was like Catholicism, which of course is like under the umbrella. Although I feel like they try to be like, we've got our own umbrella. We don't need you. Um, <laughs> and it's made of stained glass and sins. Uh, so I never even thought of the story of Jesus, you know, the resurrection. I never even considered what it could like looking at it from a non <laughs> literal standpoint i have a very like childlike knowledge of christianity and it was like yeah he rose from the dead and this idea of looking at that as like well what if we look at what that means metaphorically and like the shedding of oneself also just having someone say he like emptied himself out just this idea of like that that act of I mean, you, you'd think of the crucifixion as like literally dying on a cross, but like giving everything you possibly can to try to help people or humanity be better. Right. Right. It's, I mean, yeah. it's just fascinating. I mean, I think, I, I think that you're, you probably have the more common experience of that. Though. Like your, your view is probably most similar to most people, which is like, and part of that's religious education for what we had growing up, even if you grew up in a Christian context, sometimes fails, I think. And I, for me, I feel like it just didn't catch up with the internet fast enough. Like you could get away <laughs> with some of that before the internet, but like, you're like me and you're like 14 and reading stuff on Wikipedia. You're like, well, now hold on. But this isn't, 
this is clearly not like literally like there's some things are not adding up here. They just like sprang to life. What are you? Yeah, you're. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's, that's not to say that I think it, none of it like, at all, it's all bullshit or like none of it actually happened or anything like that. But like, it's, I mean, what's, it, it actually, I, I think the older I get and the more it, it becomes much more interesting when you realize how thick and kind of confusing and kind of shrouded in mystery, the whole thing is like the four gospels. No, they don't all agree with each other. They, they, the four different gospel stories we have, have a lot of overlap. But they also arise out of four different communities of early Christians, essentially, um, who were trying to tell what they thought was important to communicate about Jesus um, to future generations. And then we end up kind of coalescing them all together. And the problem is we we try to make them all literally harmonious, which that's not that's not even their intention or how they even would have thought about it back then. Yeah, like Um, it's like it was supposed to sort of maybe show differing viewpoints or how how some communities or, you know, a person, you know, I don't want to say in quotes, I shouldn't yeah. put in quotes, but like how, how, you know, some people could find more importance in some things and some people would find that it's more important to emphasize other things about it. Right. Like, like Matthew is a very Jewish uh, gospel and it really emphasizes Jesus's Jewishness. He's and like, like I, he was God's only son, his <laughs> only son. He gave us his only son. A little respect here. <laughs> no, that's John. Uh, no, I'm. Uh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Really? I didn't know this. I haven't. Well, that's why Matthew starts with the genealogy of like this. I don't know if you remember that part, but like, there's a whole long thing of like basically from Adam to Jesus. And it goes through David because it was really important to Matthew's community to say he's hey, Jewish. Je- the Messiah is a part of the line of David, which is really important to their, like, um, their belief system. Oh, wow. Like he wanted to be like, no, he's a cho he's chosen. He's in the tribe. Like right, he was 23 right. and me Jesus. He's like, I can verify <laughs> here are the charts. Listen, I want to dive into a little bit more about the books, but I want to, we are going to cut, this is going to be on Patreon only. I feel like this is really fun stuff. Um, for the regular listeners, we're leaving you guys, but you can obviously, you know, this go over to Patreon, patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed. For one dollar, you can get the rest of this episode. Where can people find find you and your wisdom and whatever? So I'm on Twitter at actual Joe is my handle on there, or Joe Things Considered on Instagram. Uh, but then I, if you, I retired my podcast, but I, it's still up there. It's called Choose Your Own Religion. So it's you can fun. go to ChooseYourOwnReligion.com if you want to look at old episodes. It's basically just me talking about my faith journey over the course of five years. Yeah, so, it's a good one. Um, yeah. I still have. Um, I still have the, you let me take this. It's be oh, here yeah. now. Uh, yeah. Rob Doss. Uh, who was he a Harvard guy? Actually? He was, he certainly was interesting. That's so funny. Uh, I'm going to keep that out. Actually. I'm going to look into that. Um, all right. Well, regular listeners go do that. You had a, before I wrap up, I'm, I'm going to phrase it wrong, but you had a tweet recently. I think it was a tweet. I might've seen it on Facebook that I loved that you were like where you said for years you thought like when you thought of organized religion <laughs> that you weren't religious and it turns out it was actually the organization part that you yeah. <laughs> you weren't into yeah, yeah. i'm yeah. i phrased that totally wrong but i saw that and i was like that's beautiful that's great for going uh, like oh no i just like didn't like the way that you guys are running things here so i had to figure it out my own way right yeah well thank you for that yeah and i it's um 
yeah there i could there's there's more to unpack behind that at some point um um, well we will at some point all right well goodbye regular listeners we're going over to patreon well there you have it joe welker in the i was gonna say flesh but not flesh in the ear in the zoom uh, I, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. He is so fun to talk to. I'm sure I'll have him on again someday, maybe about psychedelics. Maybe we'll talk more about that. I don't know, but he's just, it's such good conversation with him and he's so interesting and like just insightful. Also, if anyone has any tricks for stopping verbal ticks, like saying like all the time, because I realized, I know I say it a lot. First of all, I didn't just realize that. Thank you everyone on the internet who reminds me it's sort of a way that I slow I forcibly slow my talking down so that like my mouth can catch up with my brain it's like a weird I'm going too many miles an hour anyway it's neither here nor there but if anybody has any good tips that have personally worked for them holler at your girl because I am trying to cut back on all the like like likes but on that note if you do like the podcast please subscribe and review view it and rate it on iTunes and also go check out my song and share this podcast with your friends. Cause everybody's a little bit ignorant. Sometimes share my song with your friends so you guys can get down and make it a party, uh, party time, summer jam, spring break. Boop, boop. Big, big thank you to John, Eric, Jean, Greg, Kathy, Terry, exclusive members of the league of extraordinary idiots over on Patreon, patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed. Couldn't do it without them and would certainly love to have more of you. And you can join for as little as a dollar a month. And for a little bit more, you get a lot of bit more. So there's that. Follow at Blessed Podcast on Twitter or at Ignorance is Blessed on Instagram if you want to see some some pics to go with all the sounds our podcast is making. See some faces to go with the voices. That's where to do that. And please keep in mind that no guest is or claims to be a representative for every person who has a similar identity. They are just one person sharing their own experience and ideas to help us get a peek at how things look from their situated position in the world. If you have additional questions for Joe or for any guest or you have a topic you'd like covered, maybe someone specific you want me to interview, hit me up. Best way to do that, go to the Facebook group. There is a Facebook group. Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots. Just make sure you answer the questions. Say that you listen to the podcast. It's to weed out. You would be surprised how many people just want to spam groups or just like be in groups for some reason. And I don't know the reason, but I feel like it's to harass other people in the group on the low. And I don't want that to happen. So anyways answer the question and um keep asking questions you know the more we ask the more we learn the more we know and the more we know the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are and isn't that the point thank you for listening and thank you for being patient with my ignorance see you soon idiots bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then place a five dollar wager on any sport you'll receive 150 dollars in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome and if you think the fun stops there the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store check out daily promotions same game parlays live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.